Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Hashtag adulting. Now there's something a lot of us can relate to. Or at least relate to the idea that adulting is something that we do sometimes, but being an adult is not something we are. ADHD can make us feel like we're not really adults. An adult would get their bills paid on time. An adult wouldn't let their house get this messy. An adult would be eating vegetables at least three meals a day. Now, it would be a stretch to say that I feel like an adult all of the time, but I'm certainly getting there. Sure, a big part of that is probably having kids. It can be hard not to feel like the adult when you are literally the adult in the room. Also, there's a whole losing track of what's going on with slang. I mean... I know what straight fire is, but I still had to look up what a visco girl was, and I'm only mildly sure I understand what being on fleek means. Although really, that's more of a confirmation that I'm old rather than being an adult. Regardless, that's what we're looking at today. We're going to be exploring those feelings of not being an adult, and how that interacts with our ADHD. If you'd like to follow along with the show notes, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com adulting. Before we get started, I also wanted to let everyone know about the ADHD Rewired live Q&A. Every second Tuesday of the month, I join the hosts of all the podcasts in the ADHD Rewired network at 10.30 a.m. Pacific for a live Q&A where we answer any question that you might have about your ADHD. The next one is coming up next week on February 9th. So if you've got questions for me, Moira, MJ, Brendan, or Eric, make sure to go and register at ADHDrewired.com slash events. Hope to see you there. All right, keep on listening if you need help finding the adult in the room. In 2019, at the International ADHD Conference in Philadelphia, I sat in on a panel discussion where we could submit questions with our phones. While watching the questions come in on the screen, I suddenly wondered, does that thing have a profanity filter? And, of course, the right answer here was to test the system live. And so I sent in the question, does anyone actually have their shit together? Lo and behold, they did not have a profanity filter. I felt a little bad, but it got a few chuckles. And then the moderators decided to take up the question, because it's actually something that a lot of us wonder. Everyone feels this way sometimes, that somehow everyone else has life figured out, and we're on the outside looking in trying to figure out if that door is a push or a pull, and neither option seems to be working. The truth is that no one really has their shit together in all aspects of their life, all of the time. Often we're comparing ourselves to the images of adults in our lives when we were kids. Or we might be comparing ourselves to our current neighbors or our coworkers. Someone that when we picture, we go, yeah, they had it together. They're an adult. But these images of adults we've put together are fairly one-dimensional they don't account for the rest of their life. I mean, when I was a kid, of course my parents were the adults. They had everything together. But they got a divorce, and they had all sorts of other problems they had to deal with. I never imagined those things didn't make them an adult. But I'd count those same things as strikes against myself. And when we're doing these comparisons, they're never truly apples to apples. Just imagine comparing your current self to a you 10 years younger. Life is completely different. The comparison barely makes sense. Ten years ago, I didn't have kids, I wasn't married, and I didn't really have a handle on my ADHD. That's not a reasonable person to compare myself to. 
And yet, when I think about people in my life who are adults and I compare myself to them, well, that seems super reasonable. I mean, sure, they're also in a completely different situation in their life, but I mean, I should be able to have my house just as clean as theirs, right? The comparisons don't make sense, but also, those one-dimensional ideals we're comparing ourselves to aren't that enviable. I don't want to be the one putting the dull in adult. I want to be an awesome adult. Sure, I'm still going to have to get my bills paid on time, and make sure that I'm wearing clean underwear in the morning, and eat a fairly healthy diet. But that doesn't mean those are the most important things that are going to define me. Sure, it's great that I was an adult and got my laundry done, but why is it that that makes me feel more like an adult more than the fact that I'm running my own business and putting out a weekly podcast? I mean, I started doing my own laundry in sixth grade when I went into boarding school. I certainly wasn't an adult then. So I had to go out and look up what the actual definition of adult was, and the best one I could find was someone who accepts responsibility, makes independent decisions, and is financially independent. I guess doing my laundry is accepting responsibility of being someone who wants to wear clean clothes, but that whole running my own business thing is a lot more on the mark for being an adult. And so what we want to realize here is that those things that we use to define ourselves as an adult maybe aren't the right things to be looking at. One of the beliefs that I suffer from is that if I just get organized enough, that then everything in my life will just nicely fall into place. The state of being organized enough is always just out of reach. Well, maybe not just out of reach, more like a few miles away. But when I do start feeling getting organized, it's never enough. Well, sure, I called the Department of Licensing today and set up a dentist appointment and worked on fixing the dishwasher and worked on writing a script. But man, I could have done so much more if I was just a little more on top of everything. Maybe then I could have crossed off even more on my to-do list. And just as a quick aside here, this is actually a really common problem I find. That this idea that if I just had or did X, Y, or Z, then, well, my problems would be trivial. That I could just work through any problem. Usually the truth is a lot more complicated than that. Anyway, what I described up there was actually my Tuesday. And most of that stuff got done before noon. But the second half of my day? Well, that wasn't nearly as productive. While I did get phone calls completed and crossed off my list, those tasks really only added more things onto my to-do list. And I felt like I had to do those things that day. When I called the Department of Licensing, it was to find out about some paperwork I had to fill out. And so then I felt like I had to fill out that paperwork right then. But of course, doing all those tasks really drained my executive functions. So when I looked down at those forms, they were about the last thing I could get my brain to focus on. Did I need to fill out those papers on Tuesday? No. Did I feel like I should have? Absolutely. And this just plays into the whole I'm not an adult mentality. Because in my head, well, an adult would be able to make a phone call without all their executive functions getting drained. I mean, why is calling the Department of Licensing even draining my executive functions? I was just asking them questions. But of course, I'm sitting there on hold reviewing exactly what I have to ask them and ruminating over the fact that I somewhat believe that I should just know what this information is already, even though it's not actually listed on their website. So I really do have to ask someone. And it comes down to emotional and impulse control while I'm on the phone. I have to make sure that I'm focused on what I'm doing, which is really hard because I'm not actually face-to-face with the person. 
I have to make sure I know exactly what I want to ask because I'd absolutely forget if I didn't have it right in front of me. And then I have to sit on hold and not get distracted while I'm waiting. Well, okay, yeah, I can kind of see now how that might drain some of my executive functions a bit. So this was a productive morning where I got a lot of stuff done. I got to cross a lot of stuff off my to-do list. Stuff I had to cross off before I could move on to more important things on the list. And yet, it still felt like I wasn't doing enough. So how do we deal with this? Because we have those productive days. But even during the days where I got everything done and I took my breaks and I crossed everything off my to-do list, I still feel like I could have done more. I mean, I see those memes like Rise and Grind, where people say you have to hustle and they talk about their 12 to 16 hour days. And in my head, they are working every single one of those hours. They are nose to the grindstone the whole time. And I should be able to do that if I wasn't just so lazy. But long hours working don't equal long hours of productivity. As a creative worker, I only have so many hours a day that I'm going to have peak creative output. Now, this isn't to say I need to be in peak working order at all times when I'm working, but if I want to use my time efficiently, I don't want to waste my time trying to juice out a little bit more creativity when I'm tapped for the day. And if we look at it, the only reason that we settled on an eight-hour workday was a movement during the Industrial Revolution to reduce the number of hours that people were working at factories. There really wasn't any science behind it. It was just an idea coined by Robert Owens with the slogan, eight hours labor, eight hours recreation, eight hours rest. And that's great, but I don't work in a factory, and I know that my energy levels and creative output is going to fluctuate throughout the day. I know most people have fairly limited options about how they can set their hours, but we can still take this knowledge to understand how much we're actually going to get done in a day. When I'm underwhelmed by how much I've crossed off my to-do list, it usually isn't a reflection of what happened that day. What I'm actually comparing my output to is an imaginary standard I created where I never take breaks and I'm always working at peak performance, where I never get distracted, where I never have to build up the motivation to start the next task. This isn't reality, and it isn't a fair standard to try and set myself up to. It'll always lead me to fail, and it doesn't let me celebrate what I actually did do. One of the ways I've been working on combating this recently is working on a to-done list. It works much like a to-do list, but instead of listing things I have to do, it's a list of everything that I accomplished that day. You can either fill it out as you go, or set aside some time at the end of the day to fill it out. I do a bit of both where I try to add things as I'm going, but I also try to not let it get me off track, so I try to fill in those things I missed at the end of the day. The point of a to-done list is to celebrate that most days we actually get quite a bit done. One of the reasons I've started using the to-done list is also to help with my weekly reviews, where I look at what I accomplished the week before. And I need this document because I forget what I've done during the week. If I went strictly by my to-do list, I'd only see the big things I did. With my to-done list, I can also acknowledge all the smaller things that happened throughout the day. I can add all those adulting tasks that might not have made it onto my to-do list. Oh yeah, I did do the dishes today. And I made an awesome lunch. And I had that great phone call with a friend. And these are those adulting things that we might skip over because, well, they aren't major things in our day. Sure, I threw a load of laundry in, but do I need to celebrate it? Well, that's up to you. You get to decide what goes on your to-done list. But for me, it absolutely would, because my to-done list is about helping me see how I use my time. 
It's about acknowledging that everything isn't always about productive work time. All of this also gets compounded by another idea that flares up in my head sometimes. What if I don't really have ADHD? What if all these difficulties in my life, and not feeling like an adult, aren't a product of me having ADHD, but instead because, well, I suck as a person? This is actually a surprisingly common feeling among our ADHD community. We asked this question in a recent ADHD Rewired Live Q&A, and nearly everyone there identified with feeling this way at some point. And it can be surprising that we feel this way sometimes. For me, I can still get this despite the fact that I went through a fairly rigorous process of getting my ADHD evaluated. But that doesn't matter. My brain argues that I must have lied on the questionnaire, and I must have exaggerated things, and I was just faking my symptoms. Remember, you don't have to believe everything you think. Just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. Although to be fair here, just knowing everything we think isn't true doesn't make it easy to accept either. A big part of this comes from the range of symptoms that can happen with ADHD. I'll hear about some issue someone is having and go, oh, well, I don't have trouble with that. And then my brain runs with it and goes, well, maybe if you don't have that symptom, you don't really have ADHD. But that doesn't make sense. ADHD is a spectrum. And the spectrum isn't like a number line where the higher you go, the more symptoms you have. It's more like one of those spider graphs where different symptoms spring out in different directions. And you're going to have some areas where you struggle more and some areas where you struggle less. Now, I will say I have had these feelings a whole lot less since I've been working in the ADHD field. Although maybe that's just my brain protecting me. The intro wouldn't work quite as well with Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD. I'm William Kerb, and I thought I had ADHD. Well, no. What's really going on is that working with so many of my ADHD peeps is that I've gotten to see the range of symptoms. I get to see that not everyone has all the same difficulties. I don't doubt that any of those people have ADHD, and since so often their stories resonate with my own, it's a lot easier for me to accept my ADHD. And I've also come to another realization that's somewhat counterintuitive, which is it doesn't matter. Just imagine if I was using all those ADHD strategies that make my life better, get more done, and be more in control of my life. And it turned out that, well, I didn't really have ADHD after all. I mean, all that wasted effort to, oh, I guess to make my life a hell of a lot better. If by some bizarre turn of events, it turned out that I don't have ADHD, then it's still worthwhile for me to have done all this stuff. Ruminating on the fact that I could be a better person doesn't help. What matters is that I'm taking steps that help me now. Who cares if I'm not the most productive person on the planet? Because, well, honestly, I don't want to be valued based on how well I stick to my laundry schedule. There's more to me as a person than what I produce, and that's true for all of you as well. Our value comes from who we are as people. And if we want to show up as the best versions of ourselves, then we've just got to do what's the right thing for us to do for our brains. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, no one has everything in their life altogether all of the time. Instead of focusing on what you're missing, try giving yourself credit for things you are already doing. Two, ADHD can amplify these feelings of not being an adult because we're not neurotypical. 
There are absolutely things that are going to be harder for us to do, but we can do hard things. 3. To help celebrate everything that you do throughout the day, try creating a to-done list. This is just a list of everything that you do throughout the day, from filling up the dishwasher to making a call to a friend to sending those emails that you needed to send. It's easy for us to forget what we've actually accomplished in a day, and a to-done list can help remind us that, yeah, we actually did something today. 4. At some point, all of us find ourselves doubting our ADHD. It's okay. ADHD is a spectrum, and you're never going to have all the symptoms that everyone else has. Be reassured that you're not alone feeling this, and that even if you didn't really have ADHD, you're still doing the right things to help your brain. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash adulting. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD, or you can leave me a question over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. And if you want, I can even try and answer that question on the air. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is tell a friend an episode you think they'd like. You could also leave me a rating or review on your podcast player, or you can support me directly by supporting my Patreon and getting some cool perks. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The ADHD Rewired Podcast Network also has some other great shows you might want to check out. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers features in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts. And ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan also has great interviews, but has more of a family focus. So if you're a parent with ADHD or have a kid with ADHD, definitely check that one out. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. Some people might think I'm addicted to brake fluid, but I can stop anytime. time.